today's episode of the Higher Ed Shift, we are joined by Michelle Mixer and Carrie Cohen from the University of Arizona Foundation. We focus our discussion on the importance of collaboration and teamwork between scholarship foundation offices, the colleges they serve, and the financial aid offices to ensure a seamless student experience and increased scholarship fund utilization. We will learn more about the structure that has been built at U of A and how the scholarship office's mission has driven key collaboration and world-class outcomes while administering nearly 2,300 donor-based scholarships. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Higher Ed Shift. We're going to continue our November theme talking about scholarships. Last week, we spoke to a third-party scholarship provider, and today we're going to shift our discussion to better understand the University Foundation Office. I have with me Michelle Mixer, Director of Scholarships, and Carrie Cohen, Student Awards Coordinator, both with the University of Arizona. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hi, thank you. Hello. So excited to have you. Never done two interviewees at the same time. This is either going to be a model going forward or never again on the show. I'm not sure. We're, we're going to have to wait and see how it works out. Carrie, can you take a second and introduce yourself to listeners and the, the role you serve? Sure. So I am Carrie Cohen, a student ward coordinator at the University of Arizona. I work in the University of Arizona Foundation office and I have been working in higher ed since 2008, and I started my career in financial aid and worked in financial aid for about nine years before I made the switch over from a community college to the University of Arizona and have worked in scholarships since that time. Uh, For the last almost two years, I've been at the foundation um, and I'm getting a whole new perspective on, on scholarships. That's great. At least, even though you left us in financial aid, at least you didn't go to the true dark side of admissions. Like, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> definitely not. Would have been all downhill for you if you had said that. <laughs> Michelle, can you take a second and introduce yourself also, and also share with the audience a little bit more information about U of A and the foundation itself? Absolutely. So I am the director of scholarship operations Um, I work for the University of Arizona within the University of Arizona Development Program, um, and that is housed in the foundation. So it is just one big happy family. And I have been in higher ed for about 10 years as well. I actually came with a background in human resources, and so I just kind of fell into scholarships about eight years ago. Um, The foundation itself, we are the entity that accepts donor um, donations for the University of Arizona. Um, The U of A has just shy of 50,000 students, uh, undergrad and graduate, on campus and off. We are in Tucson, Arizona, which is in Southern Arizona. And here at the Foundation in Scholarship Operations, we manage 2,250 donor scholarships. Wow, that's a lot. It is a lot. Um, We don't do it all by ourselves. We do it in collaboration with the colleges and departments across the university. Wow, thanks. I think that context is is incredibly helpful. And 
you know, I've never worked at an institution that had a large foundation and a a large number of endowed scholarships like this. So I'm really excited to kind of dig into how you guys have built the structure around that, how you've built partnership across other offices. And, and like I said, so this is the first time three of us in one space. So it's going to start to get real interesting. I'm going to throw a question out there and I'm going to let you ladies battle it out to see, to see who answers it. So talk to me a little bit more about the role that the U of A foundation has in scholarships. I know, I know you talked about this a little bit, but give me a little more context. Sure. So just for even more context, the endowment at the University of Arizona is now at 1 billion. We surpassed 1 billion this last year. Even during a pandemic, we had a record giving year. Of that, the expendable endowment dollars that we award in scholarships is about $13,000. I mean, $13 million. (laughs) And then um, 19 million total every year. And expendable dollars. Um, and that's what we have to work with. So that's kind of a um, background in how much money we're talking about. Because sometimes when you say 2,250 scholarships, is that, you know, $10 scholarships, you know, so it, it right. varies, but it's a, a large chunk of change that we're working with. And what we do is we're really the subject matter experts when it comes to the donor scholarships. So the role that we play is that we make sure that when the dollars come in from the donor, you know, they usually have specifications attached to them. And we make sure and we administer and manage them all the way through the process to getting to the student. And it seems really, really easy when you say it out loud. But the, the, the actuality is there are so many people involved in this process that there are several places that it gets hung up. And so we're here to help make that go as smoothly as possible, for sure. So you add the oil to the machine. Exactly. We're, grease, we're the, grease the tracks. We like to call us, you know, we're the encouragers, really. I like that. The motivators. <laughs> so it also kind of means that you're the you're the middle people. Absolutely. We are definitely, I mean, so in my department, I have a, a business background. So we decided early on when we became a department that we needed a mission statement. So I think our scholarship operations mission statement really says it best. And it's that we seek to cultivate campus collaboration to steward scholarships fairly and efficiently from donor to student student in order to enhance the student experience. So that's pretty much our MO. That's what we're about. Anything we do during the course of the day, we check it against that mission statement and make sure we're on the right track. I think that's really amazing. I don't know that I've ever worked in an office at a university where we had a unique mission to to our office and our organization. You know, we had operational goals, we had objectives, and of course those laddered up to the strategic initiatives of the institution. But this idea of developing a mission statement it resonates so much more with me actually now that I'm in the private sector. Um, than than at the colleges that that I worked with. So I love I love this idea, and I this the stewardship and the student experience. I think is is really amazing. When you think about, so we know kind of high level, 
what you guys do, but when you, when it gets down to the nitty gritty, like what does the work on a day-to-day basis look like for you? I would say the majority of what we do is support. So we're supporting development officers who are our frontline fundraisers. We're supporting colleges and departments as they um, try to interpret donor specifications or overcome barriers to disbursement or um, help their students apply for scholarships on our scholarship platform, which is Scholarship Universe. There's your plug. Um, So um, that's what we do every day is really support. Uh, We do have in-house scholarships. Carrie um, manages uh, just shy of 100 scholarships uh, in-house personally. Um, I manage about 40. So so we actually do have scholarships in-house that we manage, which is key because then we know exactly what it takes, what it what goes into the management and administration of these scholarships so that we can really better support the departments and the colleges on campus. Yeah, because you're not asking them to work in a system or within a processes that you aren't working within every single day. And, and that, yeah, I think that's that's really important. I always felt that it was important that I was able to do every job that I asked my team to do. And it really does provide a different sense of enlightenment about what's going on. And some of those, what feel like minor pain points when we hear them on a data, you know, from people who are doing things day to day, once you experience it, you're like, oh, I can see why that's frustrating now. Right. Well, and you are understand the why and you're able to um, communicate the why because just do it or it's, it's going to benefit your students for some reason isn't, doesn't help. So when you can really speak to the why, because you're doing it day in and day out, it's very helpful. Yeah, it totally is. So I hear everything you're saying, and I'm just kind of blown away with balancing those priorities because lots of different stakeholders, lots of different people to keep happy how do you how do you manage that? How do you balance the the priorities and what's important um, from fundraising to management to disbursement to student experience? What's your approach? Um, big high level is the strategic plan of the university, which I believe we're going to provide a link to uh, in the podcast. Um, but we use that as our kind of roadmap. And then, of course, because we have this lovely mission statement that we created as a team. And, and I will say we created this not just as an in-house team, but we had folks from on campus, campus partners come in and help us develop this mission statement. So it wasn't just something that just came out of my brain. Uh, it was mm-hmm. a team effort. But um, so we look at those things and that's really what we use to balance because it is very um very difficult and it's it can be daunting if you <laughs> if you look at it as the big picture. But you know, you know, as you come in every day, there's things that you have to react to. So that kind of guides your process. And then obviously you can be proactive. And we use a timeline. We have a scholarship timeline that we helped uh, create with the Office of Scholarship and Financial Aid. And um, we use that timeline to guide our process as well. There are times when we're very much more supporting the donor the development officers and the fundraising stewardship portion. There are other times that we are much more supporting the, the strategic plan of the university with recruiting and retaining students, you know, so it, it really depends on the time of year. Sometimes, sometimes it depends on the day. You know? 
Yeah, that that is very true. We like to consider that agile where we are. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, because prioritization definitely is something that needs to be addressed on a daily basis because you just, you never know what's going to change. So I know having listened to you and spoken to you in the past, this, the, the efforts that you guys and, and the achievements that you guys are having as an institution are so much larger than just one office. So let's talk first about like what's the the makeup of the the foundation scholarship team but then let's talk about how that integrates with all of the other teams on campus that you're working with and supporting. So we have a team of 8. I have four people that sit in the foundation building with me. All are University of Arizona employees. And we, our primary job is to make sure that donor dollars that come in go out. That's the easy, that's the long and short of it. In (laughs) four of our larger colleges, uh, we also have student award coordinators in-house because we learn very quickly. Well, I learned very quickly, but it was a very slow process (laughs) to determine that we need someone in-house in those large departments, we're talking 200 plus donor scholarships because it wasn't ever a priority for any one person, not their Mm -hmm. fault. They just didn't have the tools or resources. It wasn't their one job. And in, in colleges with 200 or more donor scholarships, it really needs somebody's one job. So now we have four of those um, across campus and then the other units we heavily support in-house. So that's what it looks like. Is that kind of the benchmark? Like once you get, when you get to about 200, a specific college, you would look at adding a new coordinator? It depends because we also have a coordinator in a college with about 140, but then they also have um, some really, what I call weird, because it's not a donor scholarship, it's weird. So they have weird um, ABOR scholarships, which is Arizona Board of Regents. They have some odd grants. Um, And because it's a student work coordinator and these, these, positions are split funded between the foundation and the university. And so these student work coordinators not only focus on donor scholarships, but any aid that will support a student. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we thought was really, really important to be a team player. It's not all about us, right? Um, we, we'd like everyone to prioritize donor scholarships, but there's a lot of stuff going on on campus. So we wanted to make sure that our departments and colleges understood that we get it. We get that there's a lot going on. We are subject matter experts in this one area because this is what we do all day, every day. But there are other things that come into play. And our relationship with the Office of Scholarship and Financial Aid has been key to helping us stay grounded in the fact that there are state funds, there's federal funds, there's institutional funds. There's a lot going on that has to perfectly mesh with the the awarding of donor scholarships. Let's talk a little bit more about that relationship. We, We maybe hear sometimes that there is some tension at some colleges between you know, financial aid office and foundations or those awarding scholarships. 
And I know that you guys have done a really great job of integrating and really becoming one team. Can you guys share with us how that evolution occurred? Sure. So I started in the foundation uh, eight years ago. And even at that time, I was a University of Arizona employee. And I think I was one of maybe two or three in the foundation. And it was definitely an odd space to be. I was like the mole for the U of A. I don't know. But I have a genuinely sunshiny personality. I'm an optimist, like naturally. And so I didn't know that it was supposed to be weird. Um, so I also didn't know that I was supposed to have some sort of angst or beef with the Office of Scholarship and Financial Aid. So I went into it completely naive and I love working with other people. I had already built all kinds of relationships across campus in my time here. So I went into it as me and I was like, great, this is going to be awesome. We're going to help each other and um, tell me what you need. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I started the process and then really starting to see where the heartburns were across campus. And because the Office of Scholarship and Financial Aid is incredibly busy and they have a lot of pressure on them, especially from students, uh, there was definitely an area that I could help, that I could take away some of their pain. And that was in the area of donor scholarships. So we started to build that. And we um, were meeting every other month for a couple of years. And that's where I met Carrie. I will say, side note, another way to like make this work is to steal people from financial aid, put them on your team in scholarships. It's great. I have two, well, two people in-house, and I think I have three people total that used to be in financial aid. So that works really great for you. Um, <laughs> but um, depends anyway. on how big the team is, because you re- you might you might make some people angry too. I I'm, mean, I'm definitely sure that that happened at some point, but they were really glad to have, you know, their people in my ear helping me, you know, navigate because it's really, really key to understand everything that goes in. Like we, we collaborate most on like our timeline we're driven by the financial aid deadlines, the issues of non-disbursement over award laws, FAFSA, budgets, all of that, financial aid, they're the experts on all of that. And I have to know all of that in order to award donor scholarships. So that collaboration is really important. Otherwise it gets really messy really fast. Oh, it's just, and and you don't, I don't want to make them mad. I need them so often every day I need them, you know? And um, so it, it works out really well because we just are always assessing. So now we only need four times a year, but we still meet on a regular basis to make sure that we're all on the same page. You know, the way you're talking about the financial aid team is the way I used to talk about my IT team, right? Like it didn't, it didn't matter. It didn't matter how amazing or nasty someone on IT was to me. Like I always needed my computer fixed when I need my computer fixed. So I always was just like, you're the best. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and they are the best. They And I think it's interesting to see um, the perspective, like the perspective I have being a financial aid person first, and then kind of hearing how um, Michelle is kind of integrated into the financial aid team. I can tell you from firsthand experience that being in financial aid is, it's a very intense experience. Um, you're always busy. There's a lot of, like Michelle said, deadlines, and there's a lot of stuff going on. And donor scholarships 
for, for the financial aid team are kind of like a small piece. You know, they're busy trying to make sure that all of these other moving parts are working correctly. And so I know for me, for one, being in the scholarship on the scholarship team in financial aid, when Michelle and I started meeting and working together before I came over to her team, it was really enlightening to find out some of the things that she was doing that that we just didn't have the time to focus on. And I wonder if that maybe is where a little bit of that angst comes in because you've got the foundation side, they're definitely experts in that area, donor scholarships, everything from A to Z. And the financial aid office, they're experts in all of those other things Michelle just mentioned. And so it's hard to be that person who knows everything about everything. And so I think it takes the bigger person to be able to say, I don't know everything I need to know about your processes. So I'm going to let you do that. And then I'll do my part. And we're going to work together to make sure that the student benefits at the end. I think that is a really great point is because both areas are so complex and so different, you really do need to figure out how to build the trust the respect and the process that allows for both sides to do their things, but be in alignment with each other, which is why I love how you guys were talking about the use of the calendar and making sure you're really in tune with when things need to be done so that they can flow naturally into financial aid and out to students. Because Otherwise, students are getting financial aid offers that are incomplete and aren't as advantageous as they would be, right? So when you look back at that mission that you guys have around the student experience and the student service, the only way to deliver on it is through really tight, intense partnership. So so I love that. How did you, how do you approach that? That idea that you're talking about, Carrie, right? That there needs to be, there needs to be a little bit of lifting of the curtain. So how did how did you guys approach or do you approach the knowledge share process to make sure everybody involved understands what kind of goes on in the other areas of the process? Originally, like I said, I was super naive. So I didn't know that this institutional knowledge was held under lock and key. So I just asked questions. But I think that being authentic and being transparent as a person and just saying, hey, I'm just looking to find out because I really do want to make your life easier and I want to make the outcomes better. I'm tired of donors being mad because we didn't award um, according to their specifications or we didn't award. I'm tired Mm -hmm. of students not benefiting from the funds that we have here. And I know that the financial aid office felt the same. So once we understood that we were on the same page and we, you really have to get out of your own head, you don't belong to this process. The process, you know, doesn't belong to you. And you get out, you get rid of your ego 100% and just, you know, own what the out, the goal is, and that's for the money to benefit the students, then everybody looks like a rock star. So if you can just really, you know, not be so, I don't, uh, I don't know how to say it, but like, this is my, this is my precious and I'm going to keep it. And I, no one else gets to know about it, you know, so, pro- so proprietary on these processes, then everybody actually looks great. 
you know, and we all do because we have had nothing but accolades in the last couple of years as we have increased our awards amount. And, and guess what? Biggest donor fundraising year ever because people want to give to an institution that gives their money. You asked about kind of how we work together for that. And one of the things that I thought was really great, especially when I joined the team and I'd already known about them, but we do these scholarship co-op meetings, right? So our office puts on this co-op meeting quarterly. And this is different than our meetings with the Office of Scholarships and Financial Aid. This is something where everybody who has anything to do with scholarship administration across the university can be a part of this. And we are really good about having financial aid come in, guest speak, talk about things that are happening in financial aid to make sure that everybody is still on that same page. And that, you know, we're all kind of following all those same guidelines. And I think that that has uh, been crucial to make sure that everybody is kind of sticking together. Yeah, it's great. A donor, uh, I'm sorry, development officers come to that. Scholarship administrators come to that. Business office, you know, fiscal managers come to that. So it's great because if you say the word scholarship in the course of your job, this is a place where you can come and learn about what other people in scholarships do and how what you do might affect them. Because I think that's a huge part of it is, and, and that's why financial aid and, and our office work so well together, because we know that everything we do affects each other. And that is, is such a key point that, that just broader education about what's going on in other areas, because there are times where we do stuff with no idea that we're impacting others. And as you, like you're saying, as you begin to spread the knowledge, there becomes more awareness that, oh, wait, before I do X, I should check with Michelle. Yeah. Right. And so you can, you can make better decisions proactively instead of having to to react to what is going on. Right. And I think one of our major challenges originally too, uh, even not between financial aid and the foundation. So once we kind of got on the same page is like, oh my gosh, this place is, is crazy. This institution, because we are decentralized. And I think so many universities out there are decentralized. That doesn't mean that everyone should be doing their own thing. That is insanity. We're talking about laws. We're talking about donor specifications. Those are rules. So there are still <laughs> rules to be followed. This isn't the wild west where you're just like, you know, have the money gun and you're just shooting it out to students. Like we have processes. So we've made- I love that visual. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had some units that I feel like that's how they were awarding their scholarships. So we put into place things like guidelines, scholarship administration manual. Hey, this is from talking to a donor all the way through the stewardship after the um, award goes to a student. Everything in between, we have training on that. We have scholarship universe training. You know, we put it out there. This is the process. This is the timeline. Do this because it's called a best practice because it's the best way to do it, honestly. <laughs> and it will, it will, you will be better for it, you know? So with these student award coordinators, it's awesome because we meet once a week, uh, all eight of us, and they just, have you guys experienced this? Oh my gosh, this happened to me. A donor said this, or a department said this, or a student said this. And they're like, yeah, this is what I did. 
to help that situation. I mean, it's incredible to share experiences because I bet you if the College of Agriculture has experienced it, the College of Engineering probably has too. So even though you're decentralized, you're standardized in the best. We are, we are very much heading in that direction. It has taken a good uh, five years. You know, Scholarship Universe really helped because it said, here's one thing. We're going to, everyone's going to do this thing eventually. So it's standardized where students applied. Right. And so then it standardized a way that the departments could you could manage their scholarship. So it really did help kind of give a catalyst to this idea that we are going to standardize our process. And it was, it was painful. Standardizing a decentralized, I mean, we are in Tucson and people have this wild west mentality, you know, people are just (laughs) running around, you know, calling duels on each other or whatever. So it was very painful. And I don't think that we're we still have our moments <laughs> where it gets crazy, but I think for the most part, everybody is getting on the same page and uh, following the guidelines. Now, the fun, fun thing about scholarships is there's always an exception. Yeah, 100% it's like financial aid. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. So there's yeah. always an exception, and and the guidelines are just meant as a starting place, as a roadmap, and then obviously, if you want. If you need to divert on this little path for a minute, it, it we have a way to get back to the process, you know? Yeah. So I think that we partner with a lot of colleges that are probably still decentralized and non-standardized. And so since you guys have kind of walked that road here over what I feel like you said was the last four or five years in, in beginning that process. This is probably a whole podcast in itself, but what's the first thing that a college that's looking to standardize a little bit more in a decentralized process? Like what's the first step that you guys took and that they should take? If you're financial aid, work with the other major units on campus that facilitate scholarships, for example, your foundation. If you are a foundation, immediately call financial aid. Get on the same page with those folks, okay? So those two units need to be partners, 100%. Do that first. Because once you do that, your power is so much greater because those are the two entities that have the expertise in awarding funds to students. So that's where you start. Because once you're on the same page, it takes a long time, but you are a lot more equipped to get everybody else into a standardized process. And it it relieves a lot of headaches. So you know what I think is is interesting is that to get the buy-in, let's say you have a department that has not really been on the standardized bus, right? They're kind of like Michelle said, they're kind of doing their own thing, Wild West. A real reality check for that department is when our office meets with them and it looks like they're not awarding their dollars. You know, their percentage that they're awarding is low and they're like, well, we just can't seem to find students. Well, we have tools to help them do that. We have Scholarship Universe, which definitely is gonna help them find more students. We have trainings, we have, we have all of the things and so 
when you talk about trying to get people standardized, you know, to, to be part of that bigger movement, I think sometimes it's just a matter of saying, we can help you do better if you allow us to. I think also the idea of being able to show them how another department or college was able to increase their metrics, right? How they're able to reduce the amount of time that they're spending on the administration, how they're able to reach more students, how they're able to get more dollars or a greater percentage of their dollars spent. I would think that those things would be really powerful in being able to to get them to conform, if you will, to some of the best practices that you're recommending. Well, just understanding human nature change is very difficult and trust is earned and it's not given. And so building those relationships is really crucial and doing things that are completely at the benefit of the department, like training and asking, how can I help you? I don't know how many years I asked, how can I help you? Because that was what was most important to me. That's why I was here. And and so that led to being able to make those changes. And then we did have a a series of things that happened that helped us. We got a new uh, university president who was very much into this one team idea between uh, development and the university. We got a new foundation president also on the same page. So now we have this one team atmosphere that we work within and, and we really try to live under that one team umbrella. I love that. And I think it is a perfect way to wrap up our conversation. I will just ask if our listeners are interested to learn more about U of A and how you guys have structured and modeled this, are there resources available or what is the best way for a listener to to get in contact with one of you if they want to pick your brain about some of the amazing things that, that you guys have accomplished? Um, They are more than welcome to reach out to us directly. Uh, Carrie and I uh, will have our email addresses on the links. About the University of Arizona, we put a link about our enrollment, about financial aid, about our uh, financial aid report from last year. That's the most recent information we have. So you can kind of look at what our production has been, and then you can most certainly reach out to us to see how we've got there. Perfect. And yes, we will, we will link all of those items and your contact information in the show notes. I just want to thank you both for spending some time with me, lifting the curtain, enlightening me a little bit about what happens on the foundation side of the world. I have huge respect for, for what you guys have, have accomplished. We encourage all of you who are listening to like this episode, share it with your network. And if you are interested in participating in a future episode of the Higher Ed Shift, please reach out to me at uh, student financial success champion at campuslogic.com linked in the notes. And we will talk to you again next week. Thank you. Thank you.